Welcome to the Apostolic Keynote Podcast from King of Faith Church. This message is by Colin Urquhart. First letter of John, chapter 4, middle of <clears throat> verse 16. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in him. In this way, love is made complete among us so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment because in this world we are like him. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. We love because he first loved us. If anyone says, I love God, yet hates his brother, he is a liar. For anyone who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. And he has given us this command. Whoever loves God must also love his brother. On uh, Thursday evening, we had an encounter with the Lord in his glory, just a little glimpse of his glory. Friday morning, we spoke of the importance of the corporate anointing, that being part of the corporate anointing enables us to function and to minister, to serve God, in a way that is greater than simply depending upon our personal anointing and how important it is for us to be responsible in contributing towards that corporate anointing uh, in the way that God intends. Now, we heard a wonderful testimony on Sunday morning in Horsham uh, from Karen about the healing of her cancer. All of you, I'm sure, even those of you who weren't there will know of this. What does this say to us? Well, such a healing speaks of the love of God, the mercy of God, of the grace of God of the faithfulness of God to his word, of the power of God for whom nothing is impossible. Speaks also of the perseverance of faith on Ian and Karen's part. That perseverance of faith enables God to do all that he has done in that situation. It also speaks of what most will not be aware of, of others who have supported them in love and in faith uh, within the body of Christ. And that perseverance of faith and that support has gone on for many years. It's not just a recent thing because of um, the uh, recent prognosis from the doctor which has now been changed by Jesus (laughs) so 
just an event like that speaks so much of God and how the perseverance of faith produces the works that glorify the Lord because he was glorified, obviously, in that situation. And so we're very thankful to God. We're thankful, as we saw last week, we're thankful for all that he's doing amongst us. We're thankful that there's been an increase recently in more people that are coming to the Lord. But there's more. And why should God do more unless we're thankful for what he's already doing? I've often said that to you. If you do something for someone and they're thankful, then you feel motivated to do things for them in the future. But if there's no thankfulness, no recognition of what you've done, uh, it's not quite the same, is it? Uh, Your response to that situation. God is love. Now, if we have the anointing of God, both personally and corporately, we have the anointing of his love. That anointing, the anointing of the Holy Spirit, is the anointing of the Holy One. John says elsewhere in this letter. But also it is the anointing of his love to enable us to love him and to love one another and to love others. You've heard me say often that God never sends revival until there's such a love for the lost. Uh, that people are crying out to God, not for themselves, but so that they will have greater anointing, greater empowerment, if you like, to be able to reach the lost with the gospel. And that means a greater love for the lost. Not, Not just a concern for them, but a love for them. And this is something that that God has to work in our hearts because it's so easy to have a kind of judgmental attitude towards people that don't know the Lord, especially for some of the things that go on in their lives. Instead of the compassion and the love that Jesus showed because what he did was to take the sins of all humanity on himself when he went to the cross, even the sins of those who hate him, even the sins of those who judged him and condemned him. He was even praying as he was nailed to the cross, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. This love was evident in everything that Jesus did, even to the point of his death. So God has put that same love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit. We had an interesting morning with the students yesterday morning. Yesterday and today are what we call ministry mornings before we get into the teaching program for the term. And I asked the students to first of all write down all the ways in which they were to express God's love in their lives gave them a few minutes to do that. Then I, I told them to evaluate 
how well they were doing in each of those things from naught to 10. Uh, then we, we, um, we saw how to write down the ways in which Jesus loves us. We didn't try to evaluate him because he would have got 10 out of 10 for all of them. Now, the purpose of this was because we need to see, and, and we put on the other side of that board, there's a long list of the various ways in which people are expressing the love of God now and the ways in which God wants to express his love towards us. And the, the purpose, of course, was to be positive. Uh, we didn't share our evaluation of how we got on with these various things. But we can see that we obviously have God's love for us. That's a given. But we see the various ways in which we respond to that love. And in some ways we respond better than in other ways. The purpose was to, for us to face ways in which our love for God is, if not lacking, is needing to be strengthened, needing to be um, expressed more fully in our lives. And what we will be doing in the second part of this morning is we will be praying together. Uh, Pastor Jonathan and myself will be ministering to all the students. And, and we're praying for... Now, there's two ways of looking at this. A fresh baptism of love, a fresh release of the love of God into the hearts of the students. But that is not just looking to God for a further experience of his love. But what, what our concern is, is that the anointing of his spirit of love gets released more effectively into those areas of our life where we see we are either lacking in love or are weak in love. So it wasn't a question of analyzing and looking at ourselves, but asking the Holy Spirit to show us those ways in which the love of God needs to be more fully expressed in our lives. So this is uh, obviously a positive exercise, and we expect positive fruit to come from it, that God will indeed uh, pour out fresh anointing of his love, but our concern is to see the release of that love in practical ways, in the ways where we see there is the need for more of his love to be expressed in our lives. Jesus Christ is the way. He is also the good shepherd who goes ahead of his sheep. My sheep hear my voice and follow me. Now, both those descriptions of Jesus point to the fact that he is constantly on the move. He is never static. The good shepherd is never stack, static. He goes ahead of his sheep. He leads them. They follow him. You can't follow a parked car. Uh, that might be revelation for some of you, but, uh, you, but you can follow a moving car. Well, 
you couldn't follow a static Jesus. You can only follow a Jesus who is on the move. So Jesus is constantly on the move. And he's leading us on that way. And it's for us to keep following him. Now, you know, for, for many years, uh, my family and I, we, li we lived in community. We lived in close fellowship and association with all those of us that were working together for uh, the glory of God, really, but, you know, for the extension of his kingdom. Hence our title, Kingdom Faith. And people used to say to me in the community sometimes uh, that I never seem to be satisfied. And I said, I, I'm always thankful, but I can never be satisfied. Because if I'm satisfied, then I'm stuck. I stop moving. I stop having any motivation to move ahead into the further things that God wants to do. I can't be satisfied unless Jesus is satisfied. And my knowledge and understanding of Jesus is that he is able to do far more than I see him doing in my life at present. So how can I be satisfied with what I see now when I know he can do far more? I'm thankful for what he does now. But I have to be like Paul. Listen to what he says right towards the end of his very fruitful ministry. I'll read from Philippians Three in, in uh, the truth version. I do not claim to have received all that God has for me, neither have I yet been made perfect, <clears throat> but I am always moving forward to take hold of everything that Christ Jesus has planned to give me when he laid hold of my life. My brothers, I know that I have not yet appropriated everything, but I maintain my focus so I forget what lies behind me in the past and I reach out with longing for what lies ahead. Yes, I press on towards my goal, which is to gain the prize that God has for me when he calls me home to heaven in unity with Christ Jesus. Paul always had this sense of pressing on, of moving forward, of moving on with God. Of, he must have been very thankful and grateful for all that he saw God doing through his ministry as he was establishing churches and helping to build churches uh, all over Asia Minor. But at the same time, he in his own spiritual life was always pressing on for more, never, never static never satisfied, oh, well, I've arrived, this is good. No, this is good, but the good is the enemy of the best, and we are pursuing the best. So <clears throat> where does the love come in? Well, 
whatever God is doing in our lives now is a reflection of where we are in our relationship with the Lord. We saw last week that what is happening now is a reflection of the anointing that is upon us both personally and corporately now. As that anointing increases, so the fruitfulness increases, so God is able to do far more amongst us, which is why we want that anointing. Now, whether you, whether you look at that as saying God needs to give more or we need to be living more fully in what he's already given, both those things are true. Uh, we see in Acts chapter 4 that when the disciples were praying for more, because they were, now they were already seeing, what, 3,000 saved, miracles happening, uh, they were preaching boldly, being in prison for their faith, but they were saying, we need more. And what did God do? He shook the building and filled them again with the Holy Spirit. He poured out more of that spirit of love of that spirit of grace, of that spirit of power upon their lives. Because he knew that the only way in which they would be able to see more fruit and more effectiveness was if God himself was to impart more to them. Now, of course, that uh, suggests that they were living as fully as they could in what God had already given so both these things are true. We need, we need to see where the anointing that we have already received can be more effectively expressed in our lives, in our love for God, in our love for one another, in our love for others, in our love for the lost. Uh, we need to see that. We need, if you like, to spiritually work at that. Not that, not that we can do anything as of ourselves, but as we come to God with, with uh, the truthful recognition of our inadequacy and the way in which we are inadequately really expressing his love, then that opens a way for God to release that love into those areas. Because what we are actually doing is submitting ourselves, we're submitting to him those areas of our lives uh, intentionally and specifically where we see there is a need for more of God's love to be expressed through us. When we do that, when we surrender to him in that way, when we give to him in that way, he gives back his good measure pressed down, shaken together. Whether you think of it as the release of that anointing that we've already had, whether it seems that fresh anointing comes upon you, the, the point is that it produces the necessary fruit. It produces the changes and the transformations in our lives that God wants to see that will make us much more effective. So we need to be thankful that we have the anointing, thankful that what God wants is, is to see that anointing being more fully expressed in our lives so that we become more and more fruitful. This is, this is the abiding in his love, this resting in his love that Jesus spoke about to the disciples in John 15. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now abide in my love, rest in my love, remain in my love, live constantly in my love. You can translate it in any one of those ways. So <clears throat> we praise God. Now, 
if you're honest, you don't need to analyze yourself. I, I, you know, I keep warning you against that because the Holy Spirit will show you what it is he wants to work in you. But you see, you know you have the love of God. And you know that the love of God is expressed in your life. But you know that the love of God could also be expressed more fully in your life. So at a time like this, we, we decide to do something about that. Not just to recognize that. Okay, let's do something about it. Let's seek God for a further release of that love in our lives so that we do advance in that. The same is true of faith. You have faith and you see God honoring your faith. You see how faith is operating in your life. But then you see a situation like we heard in that testimony on Sunday and you see, well, yes, there's faith in my life, but there can be more faith, a greater perseverance of faith, a greater trust in the Lord than I am now. So recognizing that, let's do something about it. Let's seek the Lord then for more of the spirit of faith to be operating in our lives. So you see, that goes on at the same time where you're thankful for what the God is doing now. You're thankful for what you see, the fruit that is being produced, but you're not satisfied with that because there is always more. And that's the great thing about God. You know, people have often said to me, what, what keeps you motivated how after all these years you keep seeking God? Because there's more. There's so much more. So much more. I mean, I, I've seen things that are absolutely amazing. I've seen harvest and thousands coming to the Lord and all that stuff. But there's more. There's much, much more. Because God is so immense. God is so great. God is so good. How can we be satisfied with the little that we see now when there's so much more? And, I, you know, I, I even consider that, that what I have seen, great though it's been, is little compared to what God is able to do. So, you know, people have, lots of people have given me prophetic words. You, you're going to see more than you've ever seen in the past. And I believe it, yes, because God can do much more than I've ever seen him do. And... and uh, he is my God. He is my Father. I'm his child. I'm called to serve him. I'm called to follow him. He lives in me and he wants. He wants to reveal much more. He wants to do much more. I can't be satisfied when I know he wants to do so much more. Thankful, but not satisfied. So, I love God. I could love him more. I love other people. I could love them more. I trust God. I could trust him more. I see God working in my life. He could do far more in my life. That's the point. If all I was concerned about was my own salvation, my own relationship with God, that he's meeting my needs, I could be satisfied. But if I understand that I'm part of God's kingdom mission on earth and that he will only be glorified as his kingdom comes and his will is done on earth as in heaven, I can't rest. You know, for most of my 
my life. I've worked 16 hours a day, six days a week. And for most of that time, I, I didn't have any salary because we lived by faith. I couldn't, I couldn't think in terms of the hours I work for God a week. My life is for God. Sometimes it was seven days a week, not six days a week. And it wasn't, it wasn't you see, that <clears throat> that was a good work to put those hours in for God. It's just that what he was doing required that, necessitated that. I, I couldn't regard God as a job or my ministry as a job. It's my life. It's always been my life. Now I can't work at the same pace and intensity that I did then, but God graces me to do whatever. But you see, what I'm talking about is an attitude of heart, of heart surrender to God, to his plan, to his purposes. I live for God. That's what it means. I live for God. I live for his purposes. What else is there to live for? I can't clock on and clock off. I have to rest more now than ever. Otherwise, at my age, I would not be able to, to keep going. God has made, shown me that I've got to pace myself. But the same attitude of heart has to be there. That when I'm resting, I'm resting so that when I'm ministering, I've got the steam. I've got the, the energy that I need. So everything is, is focused around his will. And for me, there's nothing extraordinary about that. It's simply that I love him. And if I love God, I mean, what else, what else am I going to do with my life? Except live for his glory. Live to please him, live to honor him. And that's what God calls all his children to. I mean, to me, it's nothing extraordinary. Uh, this is the expectation of everyone who loves Jesus. Because you can't switch that love on and off. You know, this is my time. My time? I don't have any time. He purchased me. When he purchased me, he purchased my time. He purchased my life. He purchased everything about me. He didn't say, I'll purchase you for eight hours a day, Colin. No, no, no. He purchased me for himself. So I'm his. And I'm all too aware of the deficiency of my love and the deficiency of my faith. And that's not being negative. It's that that keeps me motivated to see more of the love of God and more of his faith being expressed in my life. 
You see, what I've learned about God is that he is the truth. And because he's the truth, you can get just almost whatever you need from God, so long as you're prepared to be honest. Because honesty and truth go together. So if you're honest about yourself before God, he acknowledges that. So many Christians live in unreality. They think they're in a place with God that really they're not in. And, and you know, that, that doesn't serve his purposes and it doesn't actually help the believer. That's why we, we need... We need to be truthful, honest with ourselves, honest with him as to where we stand. And as I say, that's not looking at yourself. It's not getting negative. You know I I don't teach that kind of stuff, that we are walking in the truth. We're living in the truth all the time. But you see, the truth is greater than me. The truth is greater than you. So I'm honest about where I stand in relation to the truth, but I'm saying, God, more of that truth, more of that love, more of that life, more of that power, more of that faith needs to be seen in me for your glory. This is what will glorify you. Why? Because we read in that scripture, we are as he is in the world. And where where can I, how can I look at that? Am I as he is in the world? Yes. Because that's what the world says. I am in him, he is in me, I have the fullness of his life, I lack no good thing, he has, I lack no spiritual gift, according to his word, I have absolutely everything. But more of it needs to be expressed in my life. So I thank God with all my heart for everything I see him doing and everything that he enables. I can't rest until, well, until I go to heaven, I suppose, but while I know that my God is able to do more, So I will keep seeking him. Not because I haven't found him, but because I have found him. And because he's found me. And because I know there's so much more he is able to do. So it's as I was saying to you last week, it's really like having, you know, a you're seeing yourself like a, a, a pipe rather than a bucket, where you've got one, one end uh, contact in, in heaven, and the life of heaven, the life of that living water, is flowing through your life and out of your life. And you can see more, more, 
more, more of that. Because the more his life flows through you and the more his life flows out of you, the more he will be glorified. The more fruit there will be, the more harvest there will be, the greater the feast that you'll be able to enjoy in your life. It doesn't matter what language you use. There'll be more. And that's my motivation. Not that, it's not that I want more for my glory or for people to say, oh, look what's happening in his life. No, no, no. It's for the glory of God. I can't be satisfied when I know there's so much more he wants to do in me and through me. So, the enemy of that is comfort, you know, just feeling comfortable. Never get comfortable in the spirit. Be at peace, be full of joy, <laughs> but never settle down and be comfortable. Because that's what I, I think Probably it's true to say the majority of Christians do. They get to a certain level and they're pleased. They, that's the level of discipleship that they have accepted for their lives. And they consider that to be what will please the Lord. And there's no motivation to really move on and see more and more of that anointing being released in their lives. I think it's sad. I think it's sad if people do that. I've seen it happen to a lot of people, especially when they get a bit older. You know, they just get... And they say, oh, well, you know, I'm too old for more change. Well, if you're too old for more change, you're too old for God because his whole purpose is to transform us into his likeness. and That's going to continue to your dying day. It doesn't matter how old you are. Praise God. So it isn't, I want to make this clear, it isn't so matter what I do or what you do, it's what he does. It's just giving him the space, giving him the opportunity to do more in us and through us and for his glory. So I believe that this was, if you read the epistles closely, you will see that what I'm talking about was Paul's motivation. And that's what he expresses in those words that we read from Philippians. In, in all his letters, this was his motivation to build people up in the truth so they know who they are in Christ they know all the inheritance that they have the riches that are theirs every spiritual blessing in heavenly places but then to be realistic about how fully that is being outworked in their lives to produce the fruit that God intends and to be truthful about 
all the ways in which that is not expressed in the life of the churches to which he is speaking, so that he can bring the necessary correction, so that more of Jesus can be expressed in those churches. That's what Paul is doing all the time in his epistles. Building people up in the truth, getting them to face the reality of the situation, this is what you are to do because you have this rich inheritance in Christ. And God wants to see all the riches of that inheritance expressed in your lives personally and expressed in his church corporately. That's his motivation. That's what he's doing in all of his letters, in one way or another. So, praise God. We are so thankful for what he's doing. We had a great week, I think, last week. Moving on in the purposes of God. And we have all these wonderful promises of what lies ahead of us. But you see, you can't, you can't have the fulfillment of promises without walking towards their fulfillment. You know, if, if, if where I am now, right, represents where we are now, and, and let us say here is the fulfillment of many of the things that God is promising us about multiplication, 5,000 households, harvest, and all of that, we have to walk from here into that. We can't suddenly jump into it and God isn't going to suddenly do something that will suddenly mean that 5,000 households come to the Lord. We are in a process with God. So we're thankful for what he's doing, but we keep moving step by step. What's next? What's next? What's next? What's next? What's next? What's next? And every time he speaks and reveals what's next, we respond and we follow him into the fulfillment of everything that he's promised. Remembering this, that if he's promised it, he's already seen it. Because being in eternity, he can see the end from the beginning. So he's taking us into what he has already Seen. Amen? So, <clears throat> you know, uh, if, if you think uh, of taking a journey, you, you want to get to a certain destination. Let's say you're going on holiday and uh, you, you've got a, a drive ahead of you, but you've got this beautiful seaside place and the weather is going to be beautiful and everything. That's your destination. You know you've actually got to get there. And you have to take the journey and you're thankful for all the blessings. You're thankful for the beauty of what you see around you as you take the journey. But the journey isn't the destination. Is this too deep for you? You understanding what I'm saying? So we keep on the journey to get to the fulfillment of what he is promising. And that's the motivation to say, well, oh, Lord, 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 we long to see. Yes, yes, he longs to see it. 
He longs to see it in us. But he knows everything that he is going to do along the way as we go step by step with him. So, you know, when we come in here morning after morning, it's not just to have another 8 o'clock. It's, it's not to cry out to God and to, to, to uh, speak his praises. But we need to see, I, I'm on this journey. I'm moving ahead. He's moving in my heart. He's moving in my life. He's taking me forward. And, and sometimes, you know, you, you're not aware of the growth and development that is actually taking place within you. But it's that perseverance of faith. You know, when I think of that miracle that Karen had, how in that perseverance of faith, things were getting worse and worse and worse. The, the uh, medical prognosis was worse and worse and worse. Uh, and even as Ian was having to treat the, the thing, change the dressing three times a day, Things look worse and worse and worse, and then suddenly there was God's miracle because there was that perseverance. And you see, during that perseverance, during the journey, you, you don't see the fulfillment of everything that God has promised, but you are making progress towards the destination. That's the thing. I'm just writing a book now your journey to heaven. Uh, it's all about the, the way in which we progress with the Lord through our lives uh, in order to bear the fruit before we go to, to glory, to heaven. I hope, by the grace of God, to finish the first draft tomorrow. But all kinds of other things keep cropping up. <laughs> But life's like that, isn't it? You know, it doesn't matter what you plan, all kinds of other things can happen. And you have to love whatever is put in front of you. You have to do in love whatever God calls you to do. So it'll all get done anyway. So praise the Lord. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now abide in my love. Oh. I so wish I had more love for Jesus than I have. I really do. And that's why, you know, as we pray this morning, I, I want a fresh release of love for him in my life because, you know, if I'm to be as as he is in the world, how my love, my love doesn't match his love. Not by a long way. So I'm not going to be satisfied. I'm going to keep on. Lord, work more of your love in me. I want more of your love in me. Because this is ultimately what it's all about. Where does the obedience come from? The obedience of faith the obedience of love. If you love me, you will obey my commands. Just as I love the Father and obeyed his commands.
That's at the heart of everything. The love. Love, faith, faith working through love. That's what it's all about. And Paul says, if you're mature, that's the way you would think. Listen to that same passage in the NIV. Not that I have already obtained all this or have already been made perfect, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which Christ has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. All of us who are mature should take such a view of things. This is the way we should all think if we're mature. Immature people, spiritually, won't think like that. They would just be content. But no, the mature say, there's more. There's always more. More of God in my life. More praise and glory for him. More fruitfulness. More love for the lost. Let's all stand, shall we? Let's first of all thank God that he's given us everything. Jesus says, all that the Father has, all that the Son has, the Holy Spirit makes known to us. That he has given you the fullness of his life. That he has blessed you in Christ with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. You have everything in Christ. You are a co-heir with Christ. Thank him that you have the anointing of the Holy One. God has poured his love into your heart by the Holy Spirit, according to the word of God. So thank him for the anointing of his holiness. For the anointing of his love. You can't separate those two things because it's holy love, you see. It's not, it's not human love. It's not emotional love. It's holy love. Love for God. Love for his will. Love for his purposes. Love for his kingdom. Love for his people. It's holy love. So thank him that God has invested in you. He has 
given you his spirit as a guarantee of your inheritance that is to come. Hallelujah. There's a sense in which Jesus has believed in you by coming to live in you by the power of his spirit. So thank him. You know, the scripture says the secret is this, Christ in you. So be thankful, be thankful. Be full of faith that you have what God says you have. Hallelujah. Now thank God for all the ways in which by his mercy and grace, this life, this love, this holiness is at present being reflected and expressed in your life. Thank God, because that's his mercy, that's his grace. It isn't really anything you've done, it's what he has done in you and through you, so be thankful. And be thankful for whatever ways, you might not even know them all, but whatever ways that life and that love in you has actually had a beneficial effect upon other people. That his life, his love flowing out of you has touched the lives of other people. Sometimes you would have been aware of that. Possibly there have been many times you haven't been aware of how you have actually had a positive effect upon others. But that's the life of Christ in you, isn't it? All the glory goes to him for that. But just thank him that that has happened. God has used you. You have been fruitful. You have glorified him. You have blessed him. You have pleased him. Hallelujah. But there's more. And this is where you now have to pray from your heart. Lord, I want to see more of your life being expressed in my life. More of that inheritance. I want to see more of that faith, more of that love, more of that power being released through my life. I'm not satisfied with what I've seen, Lord, although I praise you for all that is good. But Lord, you have so much more. Now, it's, just, it's not so much more in the future. You have more you want to do in me now, in the present. Lord, I believe you want more of that life, more of that love, more of that faith, more of that power to be released in my life now. That you want that to be a constant in my life. More and more and more release of your life in my life taking place all the time. Hallelujah. That you want that to be my faith. You want that to be my motivation. Oh, hallelujah. That, that every day of my life, Lord, I'm looking to you so that more of your life 
will be reflected in my life. More of your love will flow out of my life to others. More of your power will impact the life of others around me. More of your faith will be expressed in, in my prayer and in what I expect. Oh, Lord, more of you. Constantly, Lord. I never want to get stuck. I never want to be satisfied so that I stop reaching out for more. I want to be mature in my thinking, just like Paul says, always reaching out for more, taking hold of everything for which you've taken hold of me. Lord, I have that rich inheritance, but I haven't taken hold of all of it yet. And you want me to take hold of more and more of it. So more and more of it is being reflected in my life. And I praise you, Lord. I bless you, Jesus. O papa papara sandori sare letu papa kalasina O papa papa kalasito di sandari elenoma Now can you say can you say goodbye to all the things that actually fight against that in your life all those selfish self-centered things you know the permissive will rather than the sovereign will of God. Things are not necessarily sinful, but things that preoccupy you, things, you know, there'll be different things for different people, but the Holy Spirit will show you. Because you see, a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways and cannot expect to receive anything from God. So we can't be double-minded about this. God doesn't want us to have divided hearts, single-minded, single-hearted. Are we there? Okay. Come on then. Single-hearted. Single-minded. Not double-minded, not divided hearts. Hallelujah. Your grace working within us, Lord. That we truly will live for your glory. Thank you, Lord, we're not waiting for something to happen. We are progressing towards all that you have promised, step by step, day by day, as we follow Jesus, our good shepherd. Hallelujah. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Jesus. Papaparia letto basato papacola sotto di santo. Papapara sandaria letto papapara sito di santo. 
Thank you, thank you, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Jesus. Toratapari aleto papapazato papakalasita. O papapapara sandari aleto papaparasanti. Bapapara sandari sari aleto papapapara sandari santo. Karatapari aleto papara sandari sari aleto papapapara santo. Bazandari aleto papapapara sandari santo. Bapapapara sandari sari aleto Thank you, Jesus. 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 Papa Papara Sandari Saria Leto, Papa Papara Sandam. Papa Papara Sandari Saria Leto, Papa Papa Kalasandam. Papa Papara Sandari Saria Leto, Papa Papara Sandari Sandam. O Papa Papara Sandari Leto, Papa Papara Sandari Saria Leto. O papa papara sandri sari aleto papa papara sandri sandri O papa papara sandri aleto papa papara sandri sari aleto O papa papara sandri sari aleto papa papara sandri sandri O papa papara sandri sari aleto papa papara sandri sandri O papa papara sandri sari aleto papa papara sandri sandri O papa para sandaria leto papa para sandri saria leto papa para sandri papa para sandaria leto papa para sandri sandri O papa para sandri sandaria leto papa para sandri O papa para sandaria leto papa para sandri Thank you thank you thank you Thank you thank you thank you Thank you, thank you, thank you. Papapapara sandari aleto, papapara sandari sandama. O papapara sandari aleto, papapara sandari sari aleto, papapakala O papapara sandari sari aleto, papapapara sandari sandama. O papapapara sandari sari aleto, papapapara sandari sandama. Santoria leto papa papara sandri saria leto papa papara sandri santoria. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, Jesus. Now I praise God that He has built here a team of people that are devoted to the Lord, devoted to the cause of his kingdom, whose lives are given over to Jesus, 
to see the outworking of his will in their lives personally, but also corporately in kingdom faith. And I praise God for you students and all that God is working in you. That you will become such a people wherever God sends you in the future, wherever he takes you. You will take that same dynamic for the rest of your life. That this will become a way of life for you. That Jesus is your way of life. He is your Lord at all times and in all things. So Lord, we thank you that you set us free from all the things that hinder, the sin that so easily entangles. We can throw off those things. Hallelujah, just like your word says. we can follow you, our good shepherd, our Lord, our Savior. We thank you for the enabling of your spirit. We thank you for the wonder of your love and your patience and your mercy and your loving kindness. You are just so, so good, Lord. And oh, to be more like you, more and more like you, Lord. Reflecting more of your life and your love, your power, your glory. Work that in us, Lord, by your Spirit. Work in our hearts, Lord, so that as we surrender to you these areas of our lives where we recognize there's either been an absence of love or weakness of love, we believe, Lord, that by your mercy and grace, things are going to happen in our lives today so that those issues are addressed and, and we see more of your love flowing through our lives as a result. But Lord, as we seek to be honest with you and come to you in humble submission, repentance this morning, you will meet with us in your sovereign way, in your love. And Lord, I pray for all the members of, of the team here that haven't perhaps had the advantage of, of just considering these things. but that God would show each one of us as we are honest before him. We, you know, it's not analyzing yourself and saying, Lord, show me. Show me where that love is lacking. Show me where that love is weak. Show me the ways in which you want to strengthen your love in me. Where There needs to be a greater flow of the anointing of your love, of the love of your spirit in my life. God will show you those things as you spend time apart with him, just allowing him to do that. And then you can pray accordingly. God will meet with you. Hallelujah. So we bless you. We praise you, Lord.
It's your will, Lord. This isn't a good idea of ours. It's your will. And we should keep moving ahead with you. Step by step. Hallelujah. Whoever claims to live in him must walk as Jesus did. The scripture says you must keep walking, must keep moving, must keep on the move. Hallelujah. No static, no standing still. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Jesus. Polataparia letolo sotori sandaria leto papapara sandoma. Basta calaria leto papapara sandori saria leto papapara sandoma. Basta calaria leto papapara sandori sandaria lena masundoma. Popapapara sandori saria leto papapara sandoma. There's an old Pentecostal chorus. It says, here I am, wholly available to you. As for me, I will serve the Lord. Those little choruses have had great, great effect upon people's lives. Great be used by God. Here am I, wholly available. As for me, I will serve the Lord. Does you good to sing that a few times. <laughs> Praise you, Jesus. Bless your holy. So, Lord, you're so good. Thank you that we're on a journey with you. Thank you that you're going to keep moving day by day. And by your grace, we're going to keep moving with you. And we're going to keep experiencing more and more of your life and love, power being released in our lives for your glory. 
So we thank you, Lord. We bless you. And Lord, we pray for all those lost souls, those living in darkness, that it's your plan and purpose for us to reach in these coming weeks and months as we move step by step with you. Thank you, Lord, that harvest consists of a multitude of individuals. And thank you that you're going to bring us into contact with more and more individuals who need the gospel, who need your love, who need the light, who need to be drawn out of darkness and into the glory. Thank you for listening to this Kingdom Faith podcast. We trust it's been an encouragement to you. For more information and resources from Kingdom Faith and our other audio and video podcasts, please visit www.kingdomfaith.com.